Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, let's talk. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. Always nice to have you with us this time of day as we talk for 30 minutes to great professionals in and around our area. Of course, Family Pathways. Some of our favorite individuals come from Family Pathways and today is 30 minutes with Family Pathways. Now, what we're going to do is focus on mental health today, especially what's going on in the homes, uh, that feeling of being isolated, separated. We'll talk about the programs and services with the family-based mental health department of Family Pathways. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Now, before I welcome Carol into the program, let me give you the different ways that you can listen. Because of course, you do have us on the radio. You have us on Alexa powered devices. You have us with those apps that you can download to any of your mobile devices. And of course, you have us streaming online. So if you do want to listen to this online, whether you're streaming now or you want to listen to this as the podcast of the day, what you do is you go WISR680.com. Then you pick programs, let's talk, and then you would be looking for Family Pathways. All right, so let's do it. Family Pathways today, Carol Dro- uh, Carol Troxel. She is the director of the Family-Based Mental Health Department with Family Pathways. Carol, thank you very much for being on the program. It's nice to talk to you again. It's been some time. Yes, it has. Nice to talk to you again, Tracy. Thank and you. I am glad that you're here because I think this is one of the conversations that we don't talk about enough. And right now with what we're going through, I think it's a key conversation to have. And it's about our mental health right now as we're going through this time period. And and I, I do want to focus on, on what you see in homes, but can you give us a general overview of what you're seeing right now from individuals who are coming to you and needing some help? Um, well, we're, we're seeing increased anxiety, increased depression, increased family conflict. Um, you know, grandparents that raise their children are just have a whole added layer of stress and feelings of overwhelmed because they're having to homeschool and their kids already have special needs. So it's just adding a whole lot of added stress to the family systems. So can you give us, again, I say a generic look because I know everyone is different, but can you give us a picture of what anxiety looks like, depression looks like? And and the reason I ask that is because I think what some think is anxiety and depression may not be what they are exuding with their emotions. And if we better understand what it looks like, maybe we would understand maybe that's what we are going through. Well, with kids, um, regarding anxiety, we often see an increase in behavior because you're exactly right, Tracy. They don't know how to communicate uh, their feelings of frustration of being cyber-schooled and online and a lack of social interaction. So oftentimes that comes across in increased behaviors. Um, Depression, you see withdrawal, you know. Uh, depending on the age of the children, you might they might begin to engage in like a self-injurious behavior. Um, and it's just right now is a really overwhelming time for our families. Yeah, and you mentioned grandparents a couple of minutes ago. And now that you're talking about kids, I, I even though they are going through this differently, there is that similarity of just the constant confusion and the constant change. And do you think individuals are creatures of habit that that we just like to have consistency? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, um, 
most people don't like change. Um, we like to have consistency, and we know, you know, it. You know, it's evident that children thrive better when they have a structured routine. Um, you know, instead of like, you know, two days they might be at cyber school, and then the school might close. So that's causing a constant confusion uh, for families. And then when you have multiple children in a family that have special needs, that increases the stress tolerance level too. And I want to continue to focus on what you see currently, but let me jump ahead for a moment. We'll come back to what you're seeing right now. Mm -hmm. But when I say jump ahead a little bit, when all of this is passed, uh, and of course nobody knows when that will be, but when this is all passed and we breathe a sigh of relief, if that's the right terminology to use, is it over then? Because don't we have to then take time to process what we just went through? And you're exactly right on that, on that Tracy. Um, you know, when COVID's over, it's not going to be over uh, because the mental illness is not going to be resolved because COVID is resolved. Uh, we're seeing people that come in that, you know, may have never had a diagnosis before and they're coming in and they're being diagnosed with mainly anxiety and depression are the two. And do you think this time period can kick off or or bring out some mental uh, illnesses or, or challenges that people didn't realize that they, they were living with? Uh, and, yeah, and once again, you're right on target. Um, yeah, I think the whole COVID and the time of the year, um, you know, we often see around the holidays an influx, an increase, too, as well. So let's talk a little bit about what you do offer. And then, I, as I promised, we'll get back to what you're seeing, especially in homes and, and helping youngsters and, and even parents and grandparents. But what services do you offer that at Family Pathways we could take advantage of now? And then maybe after this is all over and we start to try to figure out how do we process life going forward, we could take care of or take advantage of those services. Okay. Well, Family Pathways, we have um, outpatient therapy. Um, however, currently right now we're doing a lot of telehealth because we're trying to follow the mandates of the social distancing and doing telehealth whenever possible. Uh, with that being said, we still have our individuals and families that are not able to do telehealth, so we continue to serve our individuals and families at the level that they need. If it's face-to-face, uh, we're doing that, but we're really encouraging the telehealth if they're able to. We also have adoption and foster care services, and we're continuing to provide that service. Um, The staff is continuing to, they're getting creative, but they're still monitoring and going and seeing the children and making sure that everybody's safe and taken care of through this time. Uh, We we also have a PEG group, which is an empowered parenting group. I'm not sure of the days that they meet on, but currently that is telehealth as well. We have a children's group, a resiliency group that's once a week, and currently that's telehealth as well. And then we have family-based mental health, and that's where we're kind of doing a combination depending on the family's needs. You know, if we have a family that can do telehealth, we're doing telehealth. If we have families that have... Um, significant underlying medical issues. We're trying not to go into the home 
because we're practicing, you know, all the mandates. And as long as they're able to do telehealth, that's what we're doing. However, we do have several families that we are still doing face-to-face for different reasons that are not able to, you know, do their therapy over telehealth. Let me ask you a question about telehealth. I've been on telehealth appointments before with other professionals, and they're rather convenient. It's pretty easy to do, but yet I have a dedicated space in my house to do that. What do you do for families who don't have that dedicated space, and maybe they have to be wide out in the open here at their homes, and, and you're talking about mental health, which is very sensitive to talk about in a private issue? Exactly. Um, So, you know, we're talking to our families on the forefront, um, you know, making sure that they do have a space that they can have confidentiality. And, you know, it's unfortunate that we don't have any control on their end. So, you know, we're requesting that, you know, we're informing them that they're responsible to ensure confidentiality on their end and asking them if there are family members present or anybody else that could overhear, um, because if there is, we definitely don't want to, you know, talk on the um, sensitive subjects, you know, that we would normally address in a confidential setting. Absolutely. And I don't mean it as a joke, but maybe the, the issue is between uh, mom and son and son wants to be able to express something. And maybe there's not a, a confidential space for that that individual to talk and mom may be still in the house. And, and so it's interesting in what you have to work around in order to be able to accomplish this. But you're, you're thinking out of the box, right? I mean, you're getting these appointments completed. Oh, yes. I mean, um, I have some wonderful teams. They're really being creative. Um, you know, if they're going to do a telehealth session, you know. And Carol, let me interrupt you for a quick moment because we just recently had Thanksgiving. What were you doing then? You know, I have teams that are dropping out, dropping off supplies for the therapeutic session. And they're doing, they're getting really creative, um, doing arts and crafts, you know, where the uh, they provide the materials and they're over telehealth and the kids creating a turkey, and then all the family members are talking about, you know, what they are thankful for. Because, yes, we have a lot of downs in COVID, but it also, for me, I feel it brings a lot of strength, too, because, you know, some families that were constantly on the go here and there, everywhere, you know, different schedules, Right. they're, they're coming together, too. So it's like a, a double-edged sword, you know, to say. And let's get your phone number and your contact information out there. I know we still have plenty of time to talk to you this morning, but uh, I think it's important that we get that information out because uh, I'll ask about more about the holidays here in a second. How do we contact you? Um, you contact Family Pathways at 724-284-9440. If you're wanting to speak to me, my name is Carol Troxell, Family-Based Mental Health Director, 724-284-9440. You can call that number. Let them know what you're looking for. You'll be connected to an intake worker, and they'll guide you in the direction that you need to be. So, Carol, I want to ask about the holidays and how do we get through them? Because December, of course, you have people celebrating different holidays there. You have uh, New Year's, which typically we would gather together. Uh, If vaccines are not available to the general public for quite a few months, we may possibly be talking about Easter, you know. And and so, I mean, those are quite a few uh, big holidays for people, and uh, we may 
may still be following the social distancing and the masking and, and still be going through this mentally tough challenge over the next few months. What's your opinion on how we get through the holidays? Um, well, I would encourage you to take it one day at a time and, you know, uh, be grateful for what we do have. You know, sometimes I think we get busy in our day-to-day life, and we don't take time to look at what we do have to be grateful for. And just take it one day at a time and be grateful that you're alive and well to partake in the holiday. Carol Troxel is the director of the Family-Based Mental Health Department with Family Pathways, and we're talking about mental health during this time. And Carol, you go into the homes quite a bit. I know you were just talking about the telehealth services and how you're trying to social distance and keep everyone safe. But what are you seeing when you're talking about in-home atmospheres right now? Uh, Well, going into the homes, we're seeing just overall increased conflict, um, increased suicidal ideations, um, just in everything is just increased conflict, depression, anxiety, um, disruption, chaos, everything is just at an increased level. And I want to ask you more about those, but as you're talking, I've asked many, many organizations and many individuals that I've talked to over the past eight, nine months, the same question. How are you doing? How, how is your staff doing? Because what you're dealing with is very heavy, heavy laden topics, but yet you're the helpers and you're human beings too. So you, you have to deal with all of this at the same time. And you're exactly right. That's an ongoing topic that I have with my staff um, because they are a wonderful staff, but it is a scary time for everybody. Um, but we're just doing the best that we can and really trying to focus on our own self-care as well. Um, you know, taking those precautions, you know, um, you know, when going into the home, having the family members wear a mask in their home, um, because it is a scary time for everyone. For everyone, yeah. Not everyone. Family, providers, um, you know, most people haven't experienced a pandemic. I think this is when you all shine being mental health workers because not that anyone would have wished this on anyone, the pandemic, but uh, when we're going through such a a hard time emotionally, um, a lot of us don't know how to process that or handle that, and this is where you come into play. So I have to applaud you for what you do because you are well trained in what you do and right now you're you're needed i mean you're always needed but but when the entire society feels like they're they're under this stress it gets difficult to figure out how to deal with day-to-day activities and you're exactly right i mean um you know knowing when the staff needs to quarantine you know because we have had a family where the whole family tested positive um you know, so, you know, just taking those extra precautions to yeah. take care of yourself. When you talked about when you're going into homes, you're seeing everything elevated, if you will, conflict, depression, anxiety. You mentioned suicide or suicidal tendencies. Uh, does your department deal with folks um, 
who are considering suicide? Do you, do you um, have suicide prevention techniques? Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I've heard a lot of individuals questioning how how are we with that right now during the pandemic? Um, yes, and actually, um, crisis management is a component of family base. So we do have a twenty four hour on call service that we respond to, and um, we are completing safety assessments, risk assessments, and if, you know, there's an intent and a plan, then we're uh, recommending hospitalization. When you go into a home, when you have a telehealth visit, when people call on your services at Family Pathways with the mental health department, do you have step one for people in order to break the tension? Again, I could talk about that with conflict, depression, anxiety, suicide. I mean, do you have a step one in which you want to be able to break that cycle of thinking for people to be able to just start talking to you? Um, yes, I think, you know, being open and being empathetic and being genuine um, really encourages the person to open up and begin to talk. And then, you know, the clients that we get that do access that line, we're familiar with, so we know their history. That's an important part, too, is knowing their history. Uh, because times are challenging now, and people are making statements out of frustration, and it doesn't always mean that they need to be hospitalized. So kind of getting to the root of what's driving that thought and, you know, safety planning all comes into play. Do you have any advice for us at home? And I know it's important to ask the professionals for help when you need help. So always, folks, reach out if you feel that you need to reach out. But if we do know that or recognize that somebody doesn't need to be hospitalized, but we're now at home and we can see the depression in someone else. We can see the conflict. We can see the anxiety. Do you have any advice for us at home and what we can do uh, along with contacting professionals if needed, but what can we do at home? Um, is really open communication, active listening, are the two key components that really are valuable in trying to determine, you know, next steps. Taking, taking time out of, your, out of your chaotic day to really just sit down and communicate with your family members. Do you have any special advice for adults when they're talking with kids? Again, and I mean that in all sincerity. I have two kids. I've, I've mentioned that many times on this program. And sometimes when you're just talking to kids on a normal day, I mean, without the pandemic around, it's sometimes difficult to have kids open up to you. So when we're going through this time and we have a pandemic on top of all the the rest of the the chaotic life that we're living right now, how do you get a, a youngster to open up to you talking about their struggles um you know the you oftentimes the most effective time to communicate is when you're engaging in like a nurturing type of activity or routine like maybe at bedtime or at mealtime um you know where they don't feel like they're put on the spot to have a conversation is it okay just to feel tired right now, Carol? Definitely. Definitely. 
And I asked a lot that, of people, yeah, go ahead. A lot of people are feeling fatigue, and that's, um, you know, our director here has a term. She calls it COVID mania, <laughs> and that, you know, kind of all plays into it. And I ask that because I'm not sure if people allow themselves to have certain emotions. Do you find that, that, that they don't say it's okay that I'm, I'm not having a good day today? Um, yes, yes. And oftentimes with children, it's either they know two, anger and happy, and that's it. So working with them to try and broaden um, their knowledge base of emotions and saying, okay, yes, it's okay to be angry. But sometimes what's not okay with anger is your actions. But expressing anger um, is a good way to let yeah. it, to release that it's something- negative emotion. Is something that I do with with individuals when I when I coach them on public speaking issues. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I don't have a degree in it. I don't have a degree in what you do. But a, a lot of times when we're talking about emotions and how that comes across when you're a public speaker, I, I end up getting an emotions list, and I have people pick from the emotions list and how they're feeling. and And I've been amazed over the past couple of years on when I'm working with public speakers how when we're not even talking about a stressful situation, how people are not used to identifying the emotions that they feel. Do you find that, that it's difficult? Because it's not something we do every day. We don't sit around and say, you know, I'm feeling exhausted, I'm feeling tired, or maybe we say those two, but we don't go deeper than just the surface issues. And you're, you're exactly right on that too. And, um, and that's where going into the home, we really work, um, with families to be able to identify, you know, when they're just having a down day. We all have down days. Um, and being able to put a word to it instead of angry. Uh, I'm feeling frustrated, you know, and kind of working with them to identify situations that go with the emotions too. Yeah. Yeah, and the one that I use, I I can't remember where I have it. I, I'd have to look that up, but I remember that there are different levels on there. So, like, if somebody's frustrated, they could say frustrated, or they could say irate, or maybe they're just a little melancholy. You know, so, I mean, it gives you a different kind of degree on where you are on that spectrum at the moment. And it, I just find it interesting. So, I, I find what you do very interesting in, in what you do in helping people. Let me ask you about the isolation, the separation, that feeling, and how that works on our mental health. And I'm going to loop in social media into this question as well, because I think a lot of us want to connect. And so we turn towards social media during these times. And, and yes, it is a form of communication, but I'm not sure how much we're communicating with each other with just words that we post up there on, on the screen. So does that help or hurt our isolation or separation feeling? And, and how does the isolation and separation feeling work into our mental health? Um, well, Tracy, I would agree, depending on how social media is used, um, it could have its pluses and negatives. Okay. Um, but oftentimes what we're seeing is children that are doing video games, and that's creating total isolation. Yes, they might be communicating um, with someone that they think is a friend, but actually they don't really know who's on the other end of that game. Um, so we're, we're seeing 
you know, when parents, like, try to set limits on the video games and social media, cell phones, that we're seeing huge amounts of increased conflict. It's almost, I mean, I'm not diagnosing this, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like an addiction to some of the children we work with. And that's tough. It, it, it's it's tough because, in my opinion, I'd love to get your opinion on this, but it's tough seeing my two kids when all we can do is stay home. And yet, at the same time, their friends are online, but I understand there are some games that you don't know who's on the other end. And so, in a sense, it feels like that's their connection, but you're you're taking away their connection. But as an adult, you're looking at it like, I don't know who's on the other line of that, that game. I mean, I would suggest, I mean... You know, I'm not real technical, but since COVID, I've really began to love the Zoom, and mm-hmm. I have family reunions with my family. So that's what I suggest to fam- you know, families. Can you get your kids hooked up on a Zoom and let them interact over Zoom where they can see each other and talk to each other? I think that uh, Zoom is actually, for me, it's been a positive aspect in my life during these times. Yeah. Carol Troxel is the director of the Family-Based Mental Health Department of Family Pathways. And Carol, uh, we only have about four or five minutes left with you. I know I could keep you here all day because this is an important conversation to have. We'll get your phone number once again, your contact information before we go. But any area that you want to highlight in what you do right now with Family Pathways with the Family-Based Mental Health Program? Um, No, uh, I just want to say that we're doing all that we can to support the families that we serve. Um, And if you have any mental health needs, please don't hesitate to call Family Pathways, 724-284-9440. We're centrally located in Butler, 100 Brew Avenue, Butler, Pennsylvania, 16001. And let's get that uh, phone number again, just in case we're trying to scramble to write that down. 724-284-9440. As always, Carol, I always end with your final thoughts in in our conversation today. Uh, It is a difficult time, and there's still no end in sight. It's not like we have a date where we can just say, okay, this is all done. So what would you suggest to us? What's your final thought that you would like to leave with us as we work our way through the next many weeks and and many months? Um, Take time to celebrate the small things in life. Um, Enjoy each other during this time of isolation and really try to connect on a deeper level with everybody that's important in your life. Carol Troxell, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate it. Thank you. And folks, thank you very much for joining us for this segment of Let's Talk. Of course, you can always get in touch with Family Pathways with your needs, not only with mental health issues, but they take care of the family and and so they are there for you if you need them. So please reach out and, and talk with them. If you would like to listen to this program in its entirety, once again, you can always go onto our website. It's WISR680.com. And then you pick programs, then Let's Talk, and then Family Pathways. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk. The information and opinions shared on this program are solely those of our guests and do not necessarily represent those of WISR, the Butler County Radio Network, or its staff and employees.